0: Hello, welcome to Talking with T. I am your host, Tika Bella. What up, world? It's your girl MCT Latrice. And this is Talking with with T. T. Today we have a special, special guest, Shay Johnson. Welcome, Shay. Hi, Shay. Oh, look, you gotta tell us a little bit about fashion week. I know we're here because it's domestic violence month, but you just had a hard week or two, huh? All right, six months. Six months. Okay? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Look, I'm just talking about the production part of it. <laughs> look we gonna count all the hours it was amazing
1: amazing I yeah. know
0: it was I can't wait to see some of the behind the scenes I haven't I've seen some of the stuff but I went to Shay's event maybe last year or year before uh, last year and it was off the chain was yeah. it yeah. tell her your role in it and what you do
1: so I am one of the co-founders of High Point Fashion Week we created it 2020 and our first season was last year and really what we do is we kind of put a different spin on High Point because people know High Point for furniture market we blend the fashion part of it with the furniture, and we execute amazing fashion shows in showrooms throughout the city.
0: That's amazing. Yes, that is amazing. You're here with us because it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, right? And you just recently wrote a book. What's the name of your book and a little bit about
1: it? I am one of the seven co-authors of My Walk Past Hell, and this book is actually featuring all domestic violence survivors from whatever stage of their life that they went through it. The book for me was very scary because I've never talked about my experience. I've always kind of shunned away from it for my own personal reasons. But when it was presented to me, I felt it was the right time because my story is a little unique. Not only was I a survivor of domestic violence, but I also was charged as a domestic violence offender. So nevertheless, I survived. And so I wanted to share my story.
0: Congratulations. I'm glad you survived. And I'm so happy that we're able to talk to you because some mm-hmm. people didn't make it out. Absolutely. That's so true. And too, like you said, people shun away from sharing it because i remember like when i went through it which was many years ago kind of like my teenage years up until young adulthood mm-hmm. i was ashamed i was ashamed i remember going to work and having like scratches and stuff on my neck and back from fighting the night before i would have black eyes sometimes i remember one time one guy said something in regards to the scratches like he he ha ha you know kind of making it like it was something that it wasn't and mm-hmm. i just wanted to really crawl in a hole and not even have to deal so i know how it is to not be so open to share. Absolutely. I commend mm-hmm. you yes. for being so brave to share you your story. Are. I know, oh, yeah. yeah. And you, I always say when you tell your story, you're setting the devil free. You know, you're loosening him because he can't hold you to that anymore. He'll try to use the embarrassment and shame and hurt and guilt and all that stuff against you. When you're using it to help somebody, shoot, God gets the glory. Absolutely. And i think, you
1: know since this book has well it hasn't been released yet it releases next month but like with the pre-sales and the promotion and the marketing my offender he's like oh I can't wait to hear you know I want to make sure you're telling the truth I don't want to have to sue you so it's like all of these things that are like okay you were prepared for this it doesn't really sink in until now and I'm like did I really want to share this story but I'm glad that I did we're
0: glad you did too you're so glad right so is that how you became an advocate such an advocate for domestic violence because you went through it yourself?
1: Absolutely. I think it was more so because I went through it myself. And at that time, I was fearful. I didn't know who to tell. I couldn't tell my parents because they would have went crazy. I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends because it was during college. So I was still learning my way. And then I had a child by this person. So it was like, how is that possible? You all have a child together. Like he was the all-American good guy. No one would ever believe me if I told them. So I kind of just kept it to myself. And then as I grew older and had children, I have daughters now. So I'm like, I never want my daughters to have to go through that and feel like that was what love is. I'm like, let me share my voice, share my story so that they know that you don't have to accept that as love because it's not love.
0: Yeah. So do you care to share like some of the stories you were saying earlier that you ended up getting charged as Mm -hmm. one of the persons. Do you mind sharing how that story went?
1: Yeah, so he was, like I said, he was my high school sweetheart. Um, We started dating my senior year of high school. He was in college. I think I had my son my sophomore year of college. And so the incident was, He had been hitting on me, like just the verbal abuse, all of that had been going on for a while. And so this one particular night, I was just like, okay, Shay, today is your day. If you don't do something, You're going to die. And so in my head, I had already said, it's going to be me or it's going to be him. And so he physically doing the things that he always do. He started out with a shove. Then when I tried to resist, he yanked me and then he choked me. And so instantly I'm like, this is it. I ended up stabbing him. Because again, in my head, I'm thinking he's still the father of my child. I don't want him to die. I took him to the hospital. And when I took him to the hospital, they asked what happened. And he told them that I assaulted him. They arrested me. My eye was black. My lip was bruised, but they arrested me and they charged me with assault with a deadly weapon. So I have that charge and I've had it for about 17 years, even though. There were records saying that, you know, he had been physically abusive to me. I had a 50B. At that point, it didn't matter because I was the offender.
0: What are some of the signs that you felt led up to that if you had to look back and say, you know what, I saw that coming or I should have saw that coming?
1: I think the main thing was the verbal. You know, a lot of people don't talk about verbal abuse, but I think that's one of the first signs that you see. He will always say things like, oh, you think you're pretty. Oh, nobody's going to want you. Oh, you think you're better than me. If I dump you, you have a baby together. Who's going to want you now? All of those little things that, you know, people like brush off like, oh, whatever. He's just talking or the little small pats or slaps on the face or shoves where you're like, oh, it's a love tap. Those are all red flags you shouldn't ignore those because it leads to the beating it leads to the the choking it leads to the physical aggression so yeah anything like that that you're like your gut is telling you something's not right you should definitely take heed
0: when you were saying something about you got him care after you stabbed him i can relate to that as well because i too had an incident where i was being choked and i thought i was gonna die too and my grandmother had bought me this porcelain duck set And I ended up being able to reach the duck, this is crazy, but cracked it over his head and it was like blood just gushing down all over me because he was over me. You know, I was on the floor and immediately I was like, oh my God, like in protection mode for him and what I had done to him, I immediately called the ambulance, you know, and luckily though, he said he fell, you know, he didn't want me to get charged or anything with it, but I can understand what you're saying in regards to still wanting to help and care for them, even though they're the one hurting and abusing you. Where do you Mm -hmm. think that comes from?
1: I think that's just a womanly instinct. We're nurturers, right? And so we're naturally built to protect and nurture. And so for me, it was more so like, he's the father of my child. My child is here. I want him to grow up with his dad. So if that means me taking myself out of the picture, let me at least make sure that he's okay. And that's really all it was.
0: How old were you when this happened around about, has it been many years ago? I was a sophomore in college. So I was about 20. With all that happening to you, what does the domestic violence awareness mean to you?
1: For me personally, it's very personal for me because like I said, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been in a situation where I have been physically assaulted and demeaned and all of that, but I also have been on the criminal justice side where I know what it feels like to be wrongfully accused because I was. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people when it comes to domestic violence awareness, know your signs know your resources, ask for help. Because if you don't, you can get yourself in a situation like me trying to protect myself on my own. I had to fight and go extra hard for me because I have this stigma on my record when that really wasn't the case. And so it's very important for people to know that there are people here to help
0: you. You just have to ask for the help. What did that experience teach you about yourself?
1: That I'm stronger than I knew I was um, because after that you know I was really really hard on myself I didn't really want to deal with people I shut myself away from people I was just like I felt really really bad for me because I'm like I failed me because I've allowed myself to be in the situation but, being in the process and picking myself back up and taking care of my child and being in another relationship that was healthy and going to school and graduating and getting my degree and getting my license, despite of all of that, it just showed me that I come from a line of strong women, and yes. so
0: come on, for girl. This. <laughs> okay. and so it sounds like you started putting you first right and taking Ooh. care of you. Absolutely! Great. I'm so glad. I got chills. I'm so happy to hear <laughs> Yes, <that. laughs> yes. I rarely ever talk about what I went through. I went through it twice. Once mm-hmm. at 19, and then again about 26, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. I remember the way that I I just kept forgiving and forgiving because mm-hmm. he would always give me money, mm-hmm. say he was sorry with money. And I don't know why I thought that that was okay. And I mean, the fighting, the beatings were not just like anything normal. It was just like crucial to where he was so crazy. This guy was so crazy. I remember him hiding out in the apartments where I lived for two weeks to stop me and watch my moves and came and found me one day and he broke my finger. He had me choked up to where I was like, I blacked out. He had me hostage in my apartment. From day to night until finally, we were both hungry and tired. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, well, you know what? I'm hungry. You want to go get some pizza? And he was like, no, you can go. He said I could go. I was like thinking, you must be stupid. I left. Needless to say, I called the police. But just to fast forward, because this isn't about me. It's about you and also just highlighting domestic violence. Well, after that day, I got away from him. He didn't stop trying to find me. To this day, he's in prison for murder. He killed his child's mother. The child was eight years old at the time. And so when I think about, and I hear these stories, I'm so grateful to be alive because with what happened and what he did to me, I could have been one of those people. And so we could have all been one of those people because one wrong move and we wouldn't be sitting here. So it's such a blessing to advocate for people who have been through it and even for me to get that out right now I've I've never talked about this really with anyone outside of exactly. my close circle I'm so proud of you for sharing that yeah.
1: because it I took a lot it, yeah yes yeah kudos to you for setting yourself free Okay, yes. <laughs>
0: right here and now. Listen, you blink wrong. You look <laughs> at me wrong. I, you know what? That's okay. That's yes, too. I have to talk again. Bye. Mm-hmm. And nobody's really even getting past it right now because I've I'm single. I've been single for like three and a half years. But mm-hmm. I'm loving me. I just started loving me three and a half years ago. And so being at this place in my life of love, I think that's what it when you get that self-love. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like it in the world. So I'm so selfish with me right now. Okay. I'm not even trying today, but I know what anything opposite of love looks like. Yeah. And so, because I love me now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a blessing. I love awesome. that. And I know it, like some guys, they kind of target you when you're younger. I think that it's important for young women, like, around the age that we were, when it Mm -hmm. happened to us, they know like the signs and that if it happens once, it definitely could happen again, you know, and to get out of there as soon as you can. Yes. And to realize that it's like you said, it's not love, you know, and sometimes we, I've seen it growing up in my household, you know, so I saw my mom go through it and I thought, well, if he hits on me, he must love me. That means he cares about me, you know, and that was just my mind state at the time, Mm -hmm. but that's nothing like love, you know, and we really need to make sure that girls know that and men because men can get abused too but yeah I won't say any names but I know a guy that's getting abused that I love Mm. dearly I just would not ever put him out there but
1: yeah no it's important I think like you said Tanika men need to know that it's not okay too because women can be very aggressive now especially Mm -hmm. this verbal like I said it doesn't get talked about a lot even mental and so it's like Mm -hmm. still abuse nonetheless
0: Abuse is abuse and we're not standing for it. We're getting out of there. (laughs) And just speaking of getting out, I read up on it and I saw that it's important to have a plan. What do you think the plan should look like in terms of getting away or even getting to a safe place when there's something going on in action?
1: I mean, it depends because every situation is different. You like, no, for me, my situation was I thought I had to fight or flee. And so for someone else, you know, it might be them actually planning, you know getting the credit cards, getting the important documents, getting extra clothes, putting them in your car. So I think you will have to know your situation. But the main thing, like you said, is to have a plan and also have an emergency contact. You know, Mm -hmm. you're embarrassed. You don't want people to know what's going on, but if it can cost your life, there needs to be someone that you can call so they know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to ask. How important is it to have Others on your side, advocates, somebody that you can talk to, somebody that you can confide in to help if possible.
1: Very important. I think for me, I learned that hard because I didn't have anybody. Because, like I said, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to share with my family. I didn't want to share with the small friends that I had. So there was only one person that knew, and that was my aunt. And I told her because she was non judgmental and she was furious. But nevertheless, she made sure that if I just had to get away because we live together, I can come stay with her. So it's important to have at least one.
0: Right. I agree, because I know like my best friend then and now, like she didn't even know that that was happening to me. You know, so I was really suffering in silence because, like you said, I didn't want the judgment. I didn't want I was embarrassed, like I said before. But I do feel like had I let somebody know at the time, I could have got a sounding voice. You know, I could have got some encouragement. Anything, you know, I could have helped gotten a plan together or whatever. But I did it all by myself, just praying and trying to figure it out for myself. To those who are listening, it's very important to have some support if you can get it. I'm proud of you. I know, and you and you. Look at us. us right yeah. so, no, i we be long. here i mean yeah. it's, it's a blessing my one support you just never know who's gonna be right my mm-hmm. friend lived around the corner and it was a guy friend and he did like me at the time but i just wasn't interested i guess i liked the knuckleheads at the time and he was a good guy he was mm-hmm. a bail bondsman and it just so happened he lived a block away mm-hmm. baby when i tell you when i got out of the house i drove around to his house so fast to tell him what was going on He had the whole police squad at the house. So, I mean, he called up every friend that he knew that they had the place around it. So it just so happened. And I was in the city alone. No family, hardly any friends, but that one friend that I had. And he came through at that time that I needed him. So you just never know who it might be. So you always want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Because although I didn't date him, I was still good to him. And he was the one that came through in a clutch. Right. Yep, it's important. I don't know why this question just came to me, but what do you think would be some great advice for the abusers? Ooh.
1: A lot of they're dealing with internal issues that they haven't healed from. And I learned that again, you know, in my process, he saw his mom being abused by his dad. And so he was kind of conditioned, like you said. And then for me coming from strong women, I was not okay with that so I looked like I was being manly and so he had to heal internally and because I wasn't going to allow it it was it was just aggression so from whatever demons they're dealing with because most of the time it's childhood trauma
0: absolutely absolutely hurt people hurt people that's right yeah and so therapy is important okay (laughs) okay Yes. can connect yes. with somebody can help you through it. Yeah. And noticing when you feel that thing that makes you tick. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I was hit on because I didn't know what I wanted to eat that day. Mm-hmm. And he got upset. And that was the first time it happened. We were just sitting in the car and he asked what I wanted to eat. And I said, well, maybe this. And I was like, I don't know. And next thing I know, his legs were flying over on the other side, kicking me. And I'm like, because I didn't know what I wanted to eat. But I later found out he was on drugs as well. Mm -hmm. There are certain triggers that I think the abuser needs to find out, get to the root of the problem Mm -hmm. and literally pray and ask God to show you and reveal who you are and what your purpose is. Because sometimes we're just out here living and some people just don't care. And like you said, it could be past childhood Mm -hmm. traumas, drugs, Um, low self-esteem was mine Uh, not being able to express their emotions yes 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 Yes.
1: so yeah and a lot of men they don't know how to express their emotions and so you know because society tells them you can't cry so they express it through anger
0: so
1: naturally where they may be sad, they may hit, because how else do I express myself? I don't want you to think I'm a punk if I cry.
0: I'm telling my sons that it is okay to cry because it's like, how do you expect a human being to carry so much trauma and the load of the world and the ways of the world and not be able to let that out somehow? We're not Superman. We're not God. We can't handle all this stuff. So cry. It cleanses the soul. Like, let it out. Yeah
1: dig on that with my son you know I tell him all the time you, you crying doesn't make you any less than a young man please get it out I have to put on this armor I want you to be able to be you so yeah I love that I'm expressing themselves
0: right so and talking about your son um people with children like you have any advice for them in terms of if they're in the situation and they have kids
1: I would say make sure that you shield your children away from it as much as possible. I did not do that. My son was young. He was really, really young when it was happening. But I feel like as he got older, I started to see certain things within him that made me think that he may have seen some things. So I would say, if you can try to shield your children from it as much as possible, but ultimately make sure that your children are safe and whatever that means for you. If that means you leave them at a friend's house or a grandparent's house, don't allow them to be in that environment because kids are sponges and they soak it all up and then they go to school and they reenact what they see. And so we don't want to inflict more pain on the next generation.
0: What do you think about resources for people who are going through that, like, do you know of any resources that could be available to them out in the community?
1: I know the main thing that I did once I started really advocating more for domestic violence is this domestic violence hotline. But now, because I am a therapist, therapy, of course, is always important. Your primary doctors, if you have people who may have been sexually assaulted, um, but there's so many resources locally that are free and confidential. But the hotline is a good place to start.
0: Where can we find you? Can you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to get your book, if yeah, they want to get some advice, whatever?
1: I am really on all social media platforms, Shay Johnson. And I know that's like the most common name in the world. <laughs> Facebook, I'm Shay Johnson. Instagram, I'm Shay Johnson, mom boss. TikTok, YouTube. I'm everywhere under Shay Johnson, and the book will actually be released next month. Again, it is my walk past hell. The visionary is Yolanda Henderson, and I am one of her lucky seven, so I'm honored and grateful she chose me. We're just spreading awareness, stopping this thing one woman at a time. I love right. it. I love That's it. Right. So
0: what's in, what's on the books for you next? Like, what will you be working on? Yeah.
1: So I'm going to be promoting the book for a while. Um, I have some personal projects that I'm working on. Fashion week season three is coming.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> busy. I'm busy, because but I'm busy. Yes, I love it. Okay, well, what time
0: is it? It's time for affirmations. It's time for affirmations. It's time for affirmations. It's time for affirmations. I don't deserve hurt, pain, or fear. I am a conqueror. Love this here. I don't deserve hurt. Pain or fear, I am a conqueror. Love lives here. I don't deserve hurt, pain or fear. I am a conqueror. Love lives here. Dang, you are awesome. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been Talking with T. I am your girl, Tika Bella. And it's your girl, MCT Latrice. And always remember continue to fill your cup until it overflows. See you later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>